Okay, <clears throat> we should be back on. And um, we uh, we started off, uh, you know, um, uh, talking uh, about the uh, uh, the earthen uh, vessel that we have, the the scripture uh, in the book of um, uh, you know you know in the book of Corinthians, and that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And then we were just getting into the book of Proverbs, uh, chapter two, verse nineteen, and um, in the King James. There is a major revelation that is left out, and even the translation it does not correlate uh, like with the interpretive uh, uh, definition of books uh, of Strong's and Young's, some of the concordances. Uh, the concordance show that the word that they, they have in there uh, for excellent is actually um, the term that should be, say, threefold. So in the 19th verse, uh, you know, uh, it says that thy trust may be known, Lord. I have made known to thee this day, even to thee. Have not I written to thee excellent things in the counsels and the knowledge? But it would actually be saying, uh, saying, um, uh, have not I written to thee a threefold uh, uh, understanding of the counsels of thy counsels and knowledge? And once you get into that threefold understanding, it ties in with the teachings of uh, Jesus Christ in which he talked about the 30-fold, the 60-fold, and the 100-fold. And we understand that as three different levels of insight, three different levels. So when the Bible talks about the deeper word, you cannot have a deeper word unless you have a depth that goes down below ground level. That then creates a ground level and then a depth below ground level, and then you have the the depth above ground level. So you, you've got your 30, 60, 100 fold, uh, however, which way you want to apply it. The the ground level, of course, is going to be your, uh, it's going to be your 30 fold. Uh, okay, so let us just uh, move on here now uh, with this uh, revelation and uh, We'll just uh, keep going on this subject tonight, the angel imperative. And um, we thank you for bearing with us for uh, uh, some of the um, uh, introductory problems that we're having just getting uh, completely properly set up with this new broadcast system. When we do finally get it all in order, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is going to be outstanding. And we're even going to be able to uh, go into uh, video and uh, it will be uh, uh, in some ways equal to broadcasting on a television station. <clears throat> so it's going to be exciting, and there will be things that you'll be able to do that you weren't able to do on the other system. You'll be able to, um, uh, if you have to take a break to go to restroom or something happens, you, you'll be able to click on a, on a, 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 a character uh, on your screen and... Um, and then come back on and still pick up where the where you left off with the broadcast, and uh, it, you know it's just it's going to be exciting. Uh, okay, the angel imperative. What do we, we uh, what do we we mean? What is the meaning of the angel imperative? Well, what we're saying in this title is that angels are an essential and urgent order of entities. Uh, the word imperative means. Uh, essential, urgent, that type of thing. And we're saying angels are an, an essential, urgent order of entities uh, to which our lives are connected and our future is attached. So uh, it's, it's absolutely important to understand this. Um, in Luke 20, 36, uh, in the words of Jesus, 
uh, Jesus speaks about uh, that as once we overcome, we will become equal with the Lord, with the angels. In the first chapter of Hebrews, right now it tells us that we're a little lower than the angels, but we accomplish overcoming uh, that in, inferior uh, problem uh, once we overcome and we are reunited to the status that we once had before the angels fell, and we become equal with the angels in Luke. 20 verse 36 and um, uh, this may just seem to not even fit in but um, I came across the note on on this verse and and uh, so many people um, have problems with making predictions and especially predictions that don't come to pass and in Romans uh, twelve six, it says prophesy according to your faith and I think that that application should be applied in everything. Uh, and it, it goes along with the, the teachings of Jesus when he says, do not judge. Uh, that, that um, you know, uh, in the doctrines of, um, of the manifest teachings, we teach uh, eternal justification, which is the most beautiful, absolutely glorious teaching. Uh, one day I will be doing, you know, a whole unfold of it. And uh, and um, if you can stay seated in your chair without getting up and shouting and wanting to do a, a Holy Ghost dance, uh, you know, I'd be surprised. Um, but um, all tied into this angel imperative is this urgent and essential uh, need for us to recognize uh, uh, the the uh, importance of angels and and tying it in with that Luke twenty thirty six uh, you know becoming equal with angels uh, that we are right now according to Hebrews chapter one inferior uh, you know to angels because we're lower than angels uh, due to the fall of the ophanims of of whom we are okay so. Let me just uh, move on uh, as we're talking about these things. Uh, um, we like to think, in, uh, you know, of, of the beauty of the thing of angels. There are different kinds of angels. Uh, there, you know, the angels of the angel of holy life, the angel of holy light, uh, the angel of holy love, and and there are also called core angels, which are the co-owned angels with God, um, and they they occupy you know his sameness of of space and and become part of god uh, that is something that uh, does not happen um does not happen uh, easy but um this uh, um holy life holy light and holy love are like triple sparks uh that uh, coincide with this idea of the holy 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 so there are just so many beautiful things uh so many beautiful things to think about uh i uh, i sure hope you're getting this message clear tonight because uh, uh it is going to be so important uh, to your benefit to be able to have it to come back on and and you know when it's recorded and listen to it again and again there are so many um doctrines that um that is taught uh by the holy manifest revelation we have this huge book huge called the holy manifest and uh, uh, it it one day will be will be published. The book that um, we put out uh, called the Seven Thunders uh, Before Genesis. That is chapter one of that book, chapter one. And there are there are seven chapters plus uh, an additional uh, portion uh, that ties into some other revelation. And um, 
There are, are beautiful things taught, like uh, trans-assumption, uh, the act of claiming a person's divine rights, transaccumulation, uh, the process of uh, of uh, increment by increment, uh, adding to the stature of the things uh, that, that you are doing that are right for God and being obedient and following the Lord's leadings, uh, trans-accession, uh, the point by which through transaccumulation, you can come into the spiritual, um, you know, uh, advocating and capability of properly ministering uh, the priesthood, uh, you know, mentality. Uh, Trans-assimilation, uh, taking on uh, the life of Jesus Christ, uh, you know, taking on his blood uh, that he shed, but in the sense of it being like the DNA, the, the character, the personality, and all the things that are enfolded within that, uh, taking that on uh, so that, that, that you, be, you are becoming uh, more and more as the Christ. Uh, this is a process of time. And there's teachings on transformation, uh, uh, transfiguration, uh, transcendence. Uh, you know, um, there's uh, uh, so so many different, uh, the one I mentioned on eternal justification, uh, there's purification, uh, there's regeneration, uh, unification. Uh, the, the, the list just goes on and on and on. Uh, and uh, there's this one called deferred equality, which I think is just a, a sensational uh, thing. Um, like uh, not everybody can be uh, can play the role of David. There can only be one David uh, at, at a time during a particular course of history. Not everybody can play the the role of of Moses uh, during a particular time uh, of history. There may be a, a later time of history uh, that something very similar uh, in, in into the. Um, aspect of of what that person is uh, into and putting forth uh, could also be uh, s similar. But deferred equality teaches that if it would be in you and you had the will to do those things, if you were called upon to do those things and you... Um, were interested in uh, bringing forth, uh, say, um, you would be willing to be a missionary if that was your call. You would be willing uh, to go forth and, uh, uh, you know, walk on the water, so to speak, or anything that that would be a call that you were receiving of God, and you were willing to do it, but you were not being asked to do it because it was not uh, there was some someone else or some other events or group filling that event at the time during which you were living. Uh, that uh, deferred equality would say that the act of it is deferred, but you are given the the equal of 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 uh, uh, of the equality of that event as though you had performed it. Uh, because uh, you have achieved deferred equality, and that is that is a gorgeous, uh, beautiful teaching, and uh, it it is exciting. Now, uh, one of the things that uh, I have not shared with the people on the broadcast, uh, which is part of the revelation uh, through the angel Gabriel uh, in the book of the Holy Manifest, which one day we will get a chance to get that out, are the revelation of the. Uh, laws of the universe covenants uh, that that uh, are operative laws 
that the angels um, are um, uh, obligated to abide by. And uh, there are, are many laws that are instructive, uh, like in the holy laws of the universal covenant, uh, number 22, uh, it says, you shall not replicate your image beyond the number of transitions you are capable by retraction to recall each image for the lingering of even one image can divide um, the aura soul signal so uh, we understand by this in this angel revelation world that we're going into tonight um, and and this essentiality uh, of this angel imperative as it as it has uh, you know, ultimate required uh, uh, functions of understanding and applications uh, that that are you know not only um, uh, usable uh, and are deemed to have uh, great uh, operative capabilities on this earth in the physical realm, but also uh, going into the spiritual applications. And so, when it says you shall not replicate yourself. This is because uh, there are there is a place that angels obtain uh, when they're not in a fallen state that they are able to present themselves in uh, more than one place at the same time, and even in different uh, characters by photo transition or photo translation, and um, and is you know like uh, you know uh, God is omnipresent, but God uh, through the Elohim, uh, who are the gods, the angels. Uh, 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 that are representing uh, the the ultimate invisible God, uh, they, uh, uh, depending on where their particular level of order is, also have some of those, uh, uh, um, you know, omnipotent and, and om omnipresent uh, capabilities uh, uh, as they are functioning uh, by the Holy Spirit uh, uh, under the, uh, uh, you know, directions of God. And, uh, but even then, with that capability, they have the knowledge that uh, they, they they must take um, care that they don't uh, make themselves uh, available in too many different locations, uh, too many different uh, characters. Uh, and it says you shall not replicate your image beyond the, n the number of transitions you are capable by retraction to recall. So different angels of different... Um, orders and of of different levels uh would be able to uh, uh, uh pro produce a greater number of of um uh you know omnipresent uh, uh experiences um uh depending on just where they are so they have to be careful they don't uh, exceed what their uh transition limits are because if they do trans uh tr you know exceed their limits uh, they would then not be able to recall all of those images once the uh, the work uh, was done, and there might linger an image or, or two that was beyond their uh, number, and 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 in in doing so exceed uh, the limits and uh, and cause a dividing of the oracle signal, uh, which would uh, be a disastrous thing. It'd just be a disastrous thing. Now let me explain this. Uh, about the aura soul signal, the aura core uh, uh, that 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 people receive. Uh, anyone who has a soul, and we're not talking of of the body soul. We are talking of the spirit soul. Anyone that has a spirit soul has been 
uh, to the first domain, the heaven of heaven, and has lived in there uh, with the presence of God, uh, and and uh, has been in the presence of that that absolute perfect uh, uh, energy of love and an energy of God's presence, uh, and uh, th that could go on for eternities upon eternities uh, when that certain uh, uh, instance uh, uh, comes to go out into the universe, and God stretches out the universe, as the Bible says in several places, and makes it uh, become a habitable uh, zone again for the possibility of uh, the latolution or, or evolving of life. Uh, with the idea in mind of of life developing that can become mentally cognizant uh, and aware of God, and ultimately uh, those that that reach those um, higher levels of cognizance can eventually have the opportunity uh, to go to the fringes of the first domain, where they are um, you know trained to finally be able to come into the inner part of the first domain and receive a soul. Once they receive the soul. The soul, uh, the aura soul that they receive, um, uh, which is the spirit soul, never ever leaves the first domain. It is it is always there. So the part that does leave the first domain that represents the soul, and so that you have the body that you take on, which is the physical body, because to express yourself in the physical world you have to have a physical body, and then you 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 have your spirit which is not the soul, that's different, that's your spirit, uh, that sometimes is called the angel of your presence, and then you have your soul. So what is is uh, uh, given to you that you have is, is the aura soul signal, and the aura soul signal is, is a constant that comes in, into you, and and uh, it's like in First John where it says that every person born in, into the world uh, is born in the light. Uh, and and uh, and that is the kingdom of God that is in you, uh, the signal of this kingdom of God that is in you, uh, and and you know, <clears throat> it's like um, <clears throat> if you have a signal of the television, and the signal or of your computer, and it comes into your um, your unit and 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 it puts information on the screen, and it and it it. Uh, it you know, it's a whole world that it, it keeps things going. It's just, but it's all just a signal. Well, this signal of the aura soul is is uh, something that comes into you and keeps keeps uh, those things going. So that is the meaning then, uh, and I'll read it again, number 22 of the Holy Laws of the Universal Covenant. You shall not replicate your image beyond the number of transitions you are capable by retraction to recall each image. For the lingering of even one image can divide the aura soul signal. And then there are the what's called the holy uh, mandamus uh, uh, laws of creation, and uh, number nineteen of the uh, holy um, mandamus laws of creation. Uh, angels, uh, beware when you photo translate into the lower accelerations, lest you linger too long in them and lose your power to spin free. Uh, there are times that a person may. Um, uh, uh, photo translate themselves of their of their angelic spirit uh into a particular presence of of uh of a certain uh, uh place of residence or a certain place of of uh, happening and uh, uh it is giving the advice that you have to be you know very careful 
uh, that when you that when you phototranslate into the lower accelerations, that there's only a certain amount of time uh, that that you are able to be there, and then you have to leave and get back into the recharge zone uh, because um, there's uh, there's energy. Um, uh, use that is going on while you are there doing that work in in your sp spirit form and uh, so those are other uh, instructions that the angels learn uh, this is even true um, with uh, with human beings uh, who have experiences in which their body uh, experiences the spirit uh, for a short period of time leaving the body uh, Paul had this experience. There's several other men of God in the Bible that had that experience. Uh, I once uh, was in a meeting, and the spirit, uh, I, I just was just like I passed out, but the spirit left my body, and, uh, and I, I, I was in Africa, and I was over there doing this spiritual work, and, and I was so caught up in it uh, that I wasn't wanting to come back. But the people in the, in the body knew these laws, and they realized that I was staying too long. And they began to really pray and do urgent uh, uh, connections with, with God uh, to, get me, uh, to get my spirit back into my body because they realized if I stayed too long, uh, you know, in this case, your body can die. The body cannot live without the spirit. The, body, the Bible says the, 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 uh, the uh, body without the spirit is dead. So you can only leave for a short period of time. It can leave for a short period of time and, and, uh, and survive without dying. But, but that time, if one succeeds, it uh, threatens the life of the body. So there are, th and, and it's a little bit different with the angels uh, who are, uh, you know, uh, in a different uh, situation uh, because they have never fallen. And, and so their status is slightly different. But yet there is a similarity uh, to the meaning of all that. Uh, so those are, uh, you know, pretty interesting things. Now, <clears throat> uh, I thought I would read some of the uh, covenant uh, holy laws, uh, the universal holy laws that are given to angels. Uh, and, and here are some of them. Uh, world shall not enslave world. You shall not fuse the brain tissue of one entity to that of another. You shall not fuse the cell life of the lower and higher evolving generations uh, to each other. Now, there is a specific uh, additional information on this, uh, so it must not be misunderstood in the um, biomedical sense, uh, but there are things here that really has to do uh, with uh, the fusing uh, in those areas uh, of uh, the brain that, you know, are connected to the, the nerve solar plex connection, which is the spirit connection. And so there are certain limits that we are not to uh, go over uh, and and because the angels are involved uh, in creation and things of that nature, uh, they have to know all these things. Uh, you shall not extract from the living realm or world of an alien matter which will change the balance of that realm's presence or future necessities. So angels that are under these 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 laws of the universal covenant know that they cannot go to a planet where there are creations and entities living there, even though they are not advanced entities. They may be, you know, millions of years in, in into their uh, state of of. Uh, 
uh, of being, you know, more of an animal than they are, uh, you know, a, a human-like type of creature. But uh, nevertheless, there are protections uh, that that uh, these angels, uh, <clears throat> when they're in their physical realm and they're doing physical things, uh, uh, you know, even to help other planets and other people, that they uh, have a limit of uh, not being able to go in and actually extract from a living realm of, of some alien uh, matter which would then leave that realm uh, uh, without the, the presence of future necessities. You shall not strip or invert the atomic structures of the cosmos in such a way as would extensively alter the course of natural destiny. You shall not introduce into a living cosmic realm shapes of life that are uh, uh, congruent to the prior limits of shape uh, of shapes natural to that realm. Uh, r each realm is at a particular, uh, you know, generation level. And um, the Latolution has reached a particular uh, uh, level equivalent. And uh, a, a person uh, with high powers of creation capabilities could uh, get involved uh, in in where they they were trying to force the the shapes of life and and change uh, you know some of these uh, uh, congruent uh, situations prior to the limits that were natural to the realm. Now, interestingly, this is something that Lucifer uh, Satan did, uh, and uh, he, he did that actually right even on this earth. And uh, you know we'll have more and more. Uh, revelation on that as time goes forward. Uh, Lucifer, of course, was a uh, co-archangel, a very powerful uh, uh, entity, both uh, uh, spiritually and mentally. Um, you shall not introduce into a living cosmic realm. Okay, I just read that one. Sorry. You shall never annihilate a form of life to the point the last progenerator is made extinct, whether that form of life is good or evil, for all creations are of God. Therefore God shall decide. When you plant life upon a distant realm, you shall be responsible to never uh, abandon them. Now, from some of the um, divine experiences that I've had, uh, I have uh, had conversations uh, with um, uh, angel uh, uh, creatures excuse me, <clears throat> that are in physical bodies and who have actually done creations on, uh, uh, you know, certain uh, uh, realms. And uh, they were explaining to me that uh, they have an obligation uh, uh, with that realm where they have life that has been created and has advanced, that uh, they are responsible by these holy laws and never to forsake that. They have to be there for you know any of the needs and, and any of the protections, and there's of course much much uh, more to all those uh, things, but uh, they're important. When you mine the heavens, you should not remove matter, minerals, or energy in such a way as to strip a realm of its resources. You shall not attempt to alter the vibration of the soundtrons. To do so is a resolute death. When alien shall make war against alien, that alien which uh, was not the provocator, shall be free by universal code uh, to the limits of whatever force is necessary to save uh, to save uh, its um, uh, to save itself. You know, so so there there are laws that allow uh, when a person is not the provocator, 
that allow a group uh, to do what they have to do to survive and to save themselves uh, and preserve themselves. You should not preserve the cell life of an entity beyond three passing generations of its lifespan. It shall not be recalled by that, if it, if it shall not be recalled by that time, uh, let it be destroyed for as long as its cell life is held in the state of preservation, its spirit cannot rebound to the creation. However, if that entity is the last progenerator of, of a form of life, then, sh then there shall not be a limit of its preservation. You shall not make the preference uh, of a sex so as to extinguish male, female, or unisex from the world. A world that evolved male and female shall not uh, by force resolve that physical realm to become only unisexual, resolve by force that physical realm to be only male or female. Uh, the high higher evolving uh, generations shall uh, have first cause and first rights of survival over the lower evolving generations. Therefore, when the expansion of the higher evolving generations necessitates removal, destruction, or the use of lower evolving generations, the higher evolving generations have preeminence, uh, but let them uh, also always show mercy. Uh, you shall not plant devices in the brain to control a living subject. Um, it just goes on and on and on. Uh, you shall not perform surgical interception of the natural developmental processes of the brain by methods to program the behavior me metabolisms, nor shall you manipulate the genes. You shall not give mental power to the machine to rule over the living entity. Uh, it, it, it's pages and pages and pages of laws uh, along this line, and uh, it would take our whole uh, broadcast service if I tried to read all the laws to you uh, that that we have uh, in these codes that were revealed uh, in the Holy Manifest. Uh, so uh, we just uh, let's just move move on. Um, uh, interestingly, we do have uh, in in the Bible uh, uh, many 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 many. Uh, subjects that that are just uh, uh, exciting to look at. Uh, uh, we in the manifest teach a thing called genies. Uh, there are a lot of cases in which people will say that someone is demon possessed, but in uh, uh, according to the Bible and according to actuality, sometimes people that they are calling demon possessed are actually um, uh, just having a genie problem. And the genie problem is not demon possession, but it is a phys physical or physiological uh, inherited thing uh, that has called them to mentally veer or or to mentally be um, of the nature that that they are. And it, it is a, it's more of a genie thing than it has to do with being a demonic thing. And that is a very important thing for people to understand uh, that that uh, many times when Jesus, you know, uh, was talking about casting out the demons, he's really referring to casting out the, the genies to uh, there being a lattice change, changing that lattice in the DNA uh, that has caused a person to inherit uh, the, these uh, perverse problems. Uh, and uh, once that lattice can be changed and the crystalline structure uh, moved to a, a, a different uh, composure, uh, then uh, the, the genie is, is eliminated and uh, has been, so to speak, uh, cast out. Uh, those are just very, very interesting things. Uh, but we, we do find uh, in, uh, in, in, in St. Matthew, um, uh, and... Uh, Check out these things for 
you know, uh, genies and ancestral spirits, uh, uh, you know, Matthew thirteen twenty five through 30, and uh, Matthew thirteen thirty seven through 43, where it talks about uh, that there is uh, the wheat that is sown, and uh, it has been put out, and all of a sudden, they come back to the master of the house, and they said, they say, uh, oh, uh, there are tares that, uh, that are, uh, are out there with the wheat. What shall we do, master? Shall we go out and start, you know, trying to, to, to uh, uh, pluck up those tares that are in the wheat? And the master says, um, no, uh, uh, Satan has done this. Uh, you know, while you while you rest it, while you slept and rest it, the Satan has has planted these tares, uh, but don't uh, pull them out uh, uh, because uh, if you do, you might destroy some of the wheat. So you have to wait till the end of the harvest before the tares are separated uh, from the wheat, and then at that time they can be separated and burned. Uh, but we see that there are things genetically. Uh, which are represented in a manifold way, not only genetically in a body, but also uh, uh, an implant uh, that can actually, you know, sort of create, uh, uh, you know, people that that have uh, an entity aspect to them that would be along the line of the tares. And uh, they become, you know, an impedition uh, to, the, to the, the wheat. But we have to be careful about judging. We have to be careful about uh, uh, trying to go out there and become, uh, you know, the, the uh, dictator of who gets po uh, pulled out by the roots and who does not. Uh, that's a job for God. And, and we have to leave this together until the time of the harvest. Uh, this is all such... Uh, incredibly important uh, information. It, uh, you know, uh, the Matthew fifteen thirteen says, "Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted shall be rooted up." And uh, but he's speaking about that being done by, you know, by God by the Holy Spirit. So that's all very very important. Now we're going to uh, go into uh, something uh, very very interesting. Uh, I want to. Uh, <clears throat> take you to the 24th chapter of uh, the book of Matthew and we're going to we're going to sort of go uh, line by line through that because that chapter has um, um, confused so many people and it is a place a major part uh, in this day and age in, in which we are living uh, uh, affecting people uh, as to uh, uh, so, so many aspects about uh, you know about what uh, they're believing or what they're not believing, and uh, uh, we, we're going to go through that. Um, um, you know, uh, there's many things that uh, that people have not understood. Uh, in Matthew 17:11, uh, Jesus a answered and said unto them, "Elijah truly shall first come and restore all things." Um, in uh, the the uh, uh, the book of uh, Acts three twenty through twenty one, um, you know, it says, um, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which was before us, uh, and was preached unto you, whom the heavens must receive, until the times of restitution of all things. So um, uh, we see that even though the Bible indicated that before Christ could come, that all things had to be, uh, you know, all things had to be restored. This was a part of the Elijah ministry. And yet, 
most people do not realize that sometimes when a statement like that is made, it is talking about initiated, uh, that the initiation of a restoration uh, begins at a particular time. And Elijah is that that initiator that sparks the beginning of it, but does not bring the conclusion and the resolution of it, because that becomes evident in Acts 3, 20 through 21, when it says that Christ, even after he has been there, after Elijah, who is John the Baptist, uh, uh, has has come, that um, that uh, this uh, restoration, which has been initiated, is not finished. And after Jesus has come, uh, gone through the 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 uh, the crucifixion, gone through the resurrection, and has ascended up to heaven, that he is to be received there uh, until the times of restitution of all things, uh, which God has spoken by the mouth of His holy prophets since the world began. So when people just jump ahead of things and and they try to make a a a, a point that is proven by a particular scripture, which they do not have the depth of understandings for its full application. When they do that, they many times create a conflict of the scripture so that one scripture is in conflict against another uh, because they did not understand uh, that the terminology is initiation rather than resolution. And and we have to understand those things, that even the works that Jesus did did not finish uh, the whole constitution of everything uh, that is to ultimately be uh, profoundly done that restores the kingdom of God. Right now that the forces of darkness and uh, the dark forces are in charge of this earth. And 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 uh, uh, that is scripture. And if you don't believe that, go to the, the blogs and read all the scriptures for that that are there. I think that's like maybe the second second blog down or somewhere in there and and uh, you'll see that that is scripturally the case and uh, that of course is why uh, uh, Lucifer Satan could feel uh, you know uh, uh, proper to offer Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and uh, and because he knew that uh, uh, that he was the prince of the power of the air and that he had this power. And that's why in the book of Revelations, toward the end of Revelations, it, it says that, that finally there will be a point after the final last uh, angelic war uh, that the kingdoms of this earth will become the kingdoms of God. So that is still something that doesn't happen till at the end of time. And it's all fully uh, you know, covered by the Bible. But when we understand that uh, Christ is to to stay uh, in the heavens where he has has ascended until the times of restitution of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began, we see then that in, that the initiation that started with Elijah through John the prophet uh, uh, is a continuum. And this, this continuum is, go, is going on right now as we speak, and, and that is uh, uh, something that is holding back the coming of the Lord and the coming of the Lord. Uh, uh, in the nature of what a lot of people are expecting, it's just not going to happen until those things are complete. Later, we'll see that that's all involved in the time, times, and, and the dividing of the times. So there are just so many, many things along that line that that uh, that uh, plead to be understood. Okay, let's go now to um, uh, this uh, scripture here uh, in the book of um, 
of Revelations. Now, uh, hang on to your hat, hang on to your sensitivities, because um, uh, some of you who have been following the teachings, uh, you will be able to, uh, you know, accept and uh, and uh, perceive uh, the teaching uh, from all the scriptures and and uh, teachings uh, that I've done. You you know, this will fall in place for you. But uh, uh, let's start with chapter. Uh, 24 verse 1 and Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple now Jesus has already been in the temple he's familiar with it he knows more about that temple than the disciples do and he departs from the temple but for some reason the disciples feel that uh, there's more about the temple then uh, that perhaps Jesus has seen or recognized or, or understood, and uh, they're wanting to show him uh, the temple. And, uh, and Jesus said unto them, See you not all these things? And he's referring to the temple and the buildings, because it was a vastly uh, majestic created uh, uh, you know, temple uh, built by Herod. And uh, it says, uh, Verily I say to you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, we've got to get it straight. Uh, some people will, will take this verse and they will make this some other time, some futuristic time. Uh, I do not say and would not say that there are, that there are not throughout the Bible all kinds of, um, of uh, metaphors and literal physical happenings and examples that have capabilities of, of parallels and even multiple parallels uh, of happening. Uh, I, I would not say that it was not the case because I believe that it can be the case. But it cannot be the case to the point that it overrides and, and exempts and, and, and uh, eradicates uh, the the uh, first uh, position of of the scripture uh, that is the subject line and and that is given uh, contextually uh, by the Holy Spirit because the Bible says all scripture is given by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus went out from the the, the temple sometimes uh, to get the best best view of something to be in the best uh, clarity of spirit a person has to get out from under the influence of it. And you have to to come out from it to really get the full picture uh, in the clearest uh, way of understanding it. Okay, and uh, Jesus said, uh, "You see all these things that you're talking about, because you know they wanted to show him the buildings, plural, of the temple." He says, "All these things that you're talking about, that you're wanting me to carefully look at and examine." And you're wanting to show me the the artifacts and and some of the different uh, uh, features and and so forth. He says all of these buildings are not going to be standing. There, there's not going to be one stone left upon another. They're going to be thrown down, not 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 uh, you know uh, just going to dissolve or anything like that. They're going to be thrown down. That's a very important. Point, that there's going to be a force uh, that is in some energy, some entity's uh, capability uh, to take and throw down uh, those stones of the building and, and to leave it so that it is in ruin and there is not one stone left upon another. So these are the words of Jesus. 
And if we're going to believe anybody or anything, and we're going to and we claim to be a Christian, uh, which is you know follower of Jesus, people wanting to be like Jesus, then we certainly ought to believe his words. And that that's what he said. It's going to be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, "Tell us." When these things shall be, uh, what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. He starts off with that to the beginning. Take heed that no man deceive you. Now, that is so reminiscent of um, of Second Thessalonians uh, chapter 2. And let me just read a little of that. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, by any means. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. Now, isn't that interesting? And we'll be back to that scripture to unfold some other things, Lord willing, if we have time uh, on it, because uh, it, it has definitely has relevance and is important. Now, let's go back to Matthew 24. Uh, you know, the, the, the disciples said in the third verse, tell us when uh, uh, shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Now, they ask Jesus this in private because they knew that when Jesus was preaching to the multitudes, he used parables, and and he gave things uh, in uh, a parabolic uh, form of revelation, and uh, the average person could not understand it unless it was deciphered, and the code was spilled out uh, privately to the disciples. Uh, and there were reasons for all of that, because the Bible says um, in John that uh, that um, the, the, the light of the Lord shone, uh, you know, in darkness, but the darkness could not comprehend it. So um, there's no sense pouring out your pearl before the swine if people are not in a mental or physical or spiritual state to receive something. Uh, that doesn't mean there are, uh, we're not talking about the people that are hungry to know and they can't quite understand it. Uh, those people will eventually understand it. But we're talking about the people that have a disposition of mind that they are not interested to even study the subject, to know about the subject. They do not have a corresponding spirit uh, to uh, our interest uh, to want that information. And those are the people that, you know, are, are the darkness that the light cannot shine in. Okay, now, uh, verse 4. 
And Jesus answered and said unto him, Take heed that no man deceive you. And I read you a corresponding scripture, uh, and and uh, it is very full of some details there in Second uh, uh, Thessalonians chapter two. Uh, it doesn't matter even if it's an angel. It doesn't matter uh, even if it's a, 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 a bishop or a pastor or an evangelist or a church person or a church. When you receive this information, if it's incorrect, uh, don't don't get entrapped by it because it could it could mislead you and and carry you off from the plan of God. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, okay, now he goes on and he says in verse five, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am uh, I am the Christ. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me a minute. Okay, that's better. Okay, for many shall come in my name, saying, I, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. <clears throat> um, that is different from a person who's, who is an antichrist. A person who is an antichrist, um, you know, um, it can be a person who, um, and there's a lot of them that existed at the time that, that Jesus was on the earth, and, and, the, and the scripture says, uh, even now there are many antichrists, and that was shortly after Jesus uh, had ascended. Uh, and and there are, are people who um, who are antichrist in the, in the sense that uh, they don't accept that, that Jesus was ever a person. They don't accept uh, the virgin birth. They don't accept uh, the miracles. Uh, they don't accept the resurrection. Uh, they just don't accept. They deny that Jesus came in the flesh, and and those are you know a special kind of of antichrist that deny that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. Now that's one type of deception, <clears throat> but there are those people who um, profess to be the Messiah, profess to be the Christ. And and uh, uh, they are a different kind of group. Uh, they they have a different way of of their deception, and and so they are much more difficult uh, for for the the Christian person uh, to discern because someone that just outright denies Christ and denies that He came in the flesh that's pretty obvious. But someone that says, uh, "Oh, I believe that Christ came in the flesh. Uh, I believe in Christ, but I believe that." Uh, you know that uh, they have some nefarious excuse of of why that uh, uh, I, like one particular uh, religious person claimed that well Jesus came in the flesh, <clears throat> but he failed because he he didn't get married and and didn't have children, and so he started a whole movement and he got a lot of followers and he claimed to be the Christ. Uh, and that's not been that long ago in, in recent history. I won't name who that is uh, because uh, I'm not poised for, you know, uh, putting anything down. That judgment belongs to God. But uh, that was, you know, uh, certainly something that did happen recently. And there's a lot of that kind of thing going on, uh, you know. And as Jesus says, um, uh, they will come in my name. They will come in my name. They'll They'll use... Uh, religious uh, doctrine. They'll use the Bible. They'll use the teachings of Jesus. They'll come in his name, in his lifestyle of, of, of reference, uh, and claim 
by the use of that uh, to be, you know, uh, the Christ. And he says, uh, watch out because there's deception there. Now, you don't want to get so involved in uh, <clears throat> thrusting yourself into fear. Fear that anything and everything that anybody would say would, would, would be of Satan. Because you can reach a point through that fear that you'll never be open to receive anything from the Word of God or even by the Holy Spirit. So you have to trust the Holy Spirit that if you ask bread, he's not going to give you, that God is not going to give you sto a stone, that, that God is going to honor uh, a true and sincere request. And, and so you have to be very careful that you don't just shut the door on anything that sounds different because of your fear that you're going to be deceived. Uh, um, it, it, that kind of a person is never going to get ahead. That kind of a person is going to be uh, a trembling, a trembling spirit and, and, and an unhealthy uh, uh, person in the, the spiritual realm. Uh, so we, we have to be aware of those things, but then we have to trust in God. Okay. <clears throat> Verse 6. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. Now, I wonder how many of you people out there listening tonight and how many of you people which will be in the hundreds that will be listening to the recorded, recorded uh, message uh, because we've, we've had hundreds and hundreds of people listening, coming in listening to our recorded messages. And I just uh, tonight noticed that uh, someone uh, came in on our last blog, which is a sensational blog. You definitely need to look at it. Uh, that is on, uh, you know, www.themanifestor.com, www.themanifestor.com, the blog section. And they did a ping and they they switched uh, uh, the uh, that over to their um, uh, website where people could then uh, uh, from that notice uh, go 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 and uh, you know uh, link uh, back to the website. Uh, so you know we've had that happen uh, actually quite a few times with quite a few different other websites where people are doing that. Uh, people are really hungry and in interested uh, for for the Word of God, and they're understanding that the Word of God as it's been taught has been contradictory in a, in many uh, ways. Um, now we are not by any by any inertia trying to say that there are not some uh, really sincere people that are teaching the Word of God and that there are people out there doing a wonderful, sincere uh, work for God. Uh, we, we're, we're not out knocking anybody. We're just trying to make a case that there is a lot of misunderstanding and a lot of, of uh, disinformation that's being taught by people that do not have the understanding. And, and people see that these individuals are decent, so they have a tendency to want to believe them. But nevertheless, uh, the information that they're giving is doctrine that they have picked up from years and years of being in some of the denominational churches that are teaching information that's not correct. Okay, so uh, I wonder how many of you, when it says... You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. Uh, I wonder how many of you people out there are troubled uh, uh, from all the rumors of war uh, that, that just seems to go on constantly. There's just one war, then another war, then another war, and then that's followed by another war. And, and, and there's uh, you know, civil strife and, and uh, threat of, of revolution uh, in various nations. And that's all part of this thing about uh, wars and rumors of wars. And, and uh, you know, uh, 
speculation, rumors of wars, uh, speculations of, of uh, you know, terrible wars to come. And I wonder, though, if you are fulfilling the word of Jesus, if you are fulfilling his request. You know, uh, he, he says here, uh, you know, and this is so very, very Im important. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. You know, see to it that you're not troubled. That that's his instruction. That is the instructions of Jesus Christ, and and if you are not following that, you are being disobedient to the Word of God. If these wars and rumors of wars and all these things have got you up in urgency, and got you into all these things to where you're just becoming a politician, instead instead of a man of God and a woman of God, uh, then then you are out of the well of God, because Jesus said, "See to it, see that you be not troubled." You are not to be troubled over this. If you're going to hear wars. You're going to hear rumors of wars. You are not to be troubled. And, and you know, being troubled means, uh, is another way of saying get involved. You're not to get involved. Don't get involved in these rumors. Don't get involved in all this turmoil about war. Don't get involved. You know? Now, I'm not preaching that, 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 so, that, uh, persons who are Christians cannot go to to war to defend their country or to war to defend the rights of their country. That's not what is saying here. That's what is saying is something quite different. What it's talking about is when people get into that that mentality that it is overshadowing the spiritual uh, uh, things that are far 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 more important for overcoming. And people just get into the political and they get into these conspiracy things. I'm not saying that there are not some of the conspiracies that have that are true or that have truth in them i'm just saying that jesus said see to it see to it that you're not troubled with these wars and rumors of wars now there's different kinds of wars there's fighting wars with with machines and weapons you know uh, soldiers and, and and tanks and then there's uh, political wars there's financial wars now, these are all things that happen in the nations and there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. See to it that you're not troubled. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Blessed be the name of God. Wow. There are so many beautiful things. So many beautiful things of God. So, so, so glorious. So belonging to our peace. Why do people get themselves into the into this trouble? Okay, let's go on. Uh, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now, I keep saying this, and I keep preaching this, and I'm not going to stop, because I know I have the Word of God here. I have been in many conference meetings and many church meetings I started preaching when I was seven years old and pastored my first church at 16 while I was still attending school. I'll be 73 in March. I've been preaching all my life. And I've heard many, many sermons on when they read these things, they'll say, you're, you're going to hear wars and rumors of wars, and that's a sign. That's a sign that it's the end of the world. The end of the world is near. But that is not what Jesus said. That is not what the Bible says. 
That is absolutely opposite of what the Bible says. And how can people read this and not see it? They read it and they don't see it because they are so indoctrinated with the doctrines of the denominations that do not see the Bible correctly that when they read it, they read it the way that those doctrines have penetrated their mind. Wow. The end is not yet. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilent and earthquakes in divers places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Did you get it? Did you hear what Jesus said? These are the beginnings. I'm teaching that message of the beginning because I'm teaching the message of the 70,000 years, the 70,000 generations that is taught in the 105th chapter of Psalms and in the Old Testament and into the New Testament that says that God made a covenant this covenant is still alive, according to, 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 to Galatians. And it's for 70,000 years. And we've hardly touched the 70,000 years. And that's why Jesus could say this is just the beginning. Because the time, time and a half, and, and dividing of the times goes on for that whole 70,000 year period. Because it does not end until the resolution of sins and all of the problems in the world ha have been solved. And it says that in Daniel. You can't bring that perfection and that resolution in and then say, well, this happened. Well, what's all this going on? All this other problem. Well, uh, you know, that's uh, <clears throat> just something that's developed since the resolution of the peace. And uh, don't give me that story. I'm not buying it. And I hopefully, hopefully no one else will either. It's just the beginning. And I'm teaching that message. This is the beginning of the 70,000 generations. We're just in the beginning. Wow. Wow. There's just some things being taught out there that's just not what Jesus said to teach. Some said, yeah, but you don't understand. There's famine going on. Yeah, and there's wars and rumors of wars that Jesus said, see that you be not troubled. And nation rising against nation. And pestilence and earthquakes and diverse places. But he says, come on, these are just the beginning of sorrows. You know, there's going to be things happen to you personally. Verse, 30, uh, verse 9. They'll deliver you to be afflicted. They'll kill you. You shall be hated. Now, who is he talking to? He's not talking to the, to the general public. He's privately talking to his disciples. And he was telling them what they were going to go through. And believe me, they did. They did go through these things. You'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Now, he said, this is something that's going to happen. It's going to personally affect you. You need to be aware of this. I'm kidding this thing about all the nations and all the wars and rumors of wars and the earthquake and the pestilence. It says those things are going to happen. They're natural to this world. 
You're always going to have these conditions. You're always going to have suffering. You're always going to have the poor, Jesus said. You'll always have wars and rumors of wars. Someone said, you preached this before. Yes, I have. And I'm going to continue preaching this because this is the truth. And this is the message that somehow millions of Christians are not getting because they're being told something totally opposite. And it was not what Jesus said. It was not what Jesus taught. Verse 10. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Oh, we've seen that. When things get disruptive, when things get complicated, when things get confusing, people that are supposed to be old-time friends. You can live your life ministering to people. Give, give your guts and your blood to people. And they'll turn against you first time some little disruptive thing happens without even taking the time to hear your side of the story. They'll turn against you, condemn you, and treat you like you're a devil. Because they are not operating by the Holy Spirit of God, nor the Spirit of love, nor the Spirit of understanding forgiveness, which may not be needed at all for that person, might be needed for themselves, but even if it were, they're not operating in the in the grace of the of, of the teachings of God. There's going to be a lot of people offended. People are just instantly offended over the word. If it's anything with the tonation slightly different than what they want to believe, they get offended. But people should not be like that. The Bible says that everyone has the inalienable the inalienable right to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. That's Bible. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Bible. They have the right. I'm going to have to get moving here. I've got so much I want to say that's so important. Wow. Many false prophets will rise. I can go on the Internet. I can just see one false prophecy after another. I've even seen people that have written uh, books and they're said by a certain date this is going to happen. I see all kinds of prophecies people are making about 2012. And, and those, those, those are all going to become false. What's going to happen? People are going to just dismiss that and go on and have another false prophecy to give. And, and they'll have followers that, that will just swallow one, one gumpy, uh, uh, you know, unfit prophecy after another and get ready to swallow another one. Come on. The world needs to wake up out there that's called Christians. Twelve and uh, Verse 12, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. You see, the thing that is depreciating the power of love is iniquity. And, and you know, iniquity is abounding. And the love, which is the whole secret of the ministry of Jesus Christ, is waxing cold in, in the hearts of millions of people. There's millions of people out there that claim to be Christians who are backslidden, who are not right with God, who have, have not put their hearts on the altar of God, and who have gotten caught up into all this uh, preponderance uh, and, and uh, 
uh, subjectivity uh, of their time to to uh, the the politics and 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 the functions uh, that are derogatory that have to do with the rumors of wars and and and, and with the uh, literal things that are happening like earthquakes and 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 just making it profoundly as a sign to to the end of the world getting ready to collapse instead of just seeking God and saying hey no matter what happens I'll be ready. No matter what happens, I'll be ready. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I know the Lord will be with me. His rod and his staff will comfort me. Wow. That's what God is calling for. Well, this is about angels, and we're not to the angels yet in this verse. We'll get there. He, verse 13, that endures unto the end, the same shall be saved. There's your answer. Someone says, well, I've already been saved. No, you haven't. No, you have not. The flesh body you're wearing is enmity to God. You are not saved. He that endures to the end will be saved. And this is why people are getting the whole message uh, mixed up. People say, well, I'm born again. You are only born again by grace. The Bible says, he that is born of God cannot sin. For his seed remaineth in him. Indeed, it's impossible to sin. You are born again by born again by grace, but you're not you're not born again. When you're born again, you'll become uh, an actual part of the uh, of of the firstborn of heaven. You'll be, become equal with the angels. You'll have a restoration of your angelship that you lost. But now you're you're born again by grace, and you're saved by grace. But you're not saved with finality. Until you endure to the end. And if you're at the end, then why are you here listening to me tonight? Why are you still sitting there in a human body? And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all the nations. And then the end shall come. And the Christians have been out there trying to fulfill that. And the meaning of this is just a whole lot deeper than I have time. That's a whole teaching right there in itself. Gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto, to all the world for a witness unto all nations. Then shall the end come. What it's really saying there It's when Jesus said, after this manner pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that does not happen until at the end of the time, time, and the dividing of the times. The reconciliation talked about in, in Daniel, the reconciliation talked about in the New Testament. It's not just going out there mentioning the name of Jesus. Okay, I did it. You, wouldn't, you don't have to do that for that to happen. The 10th chapter of Romans says that the sound of God has gone out and there is no place in the entire whole world and no person in the entire whole world who has not heard this, the sound of the gospel, the message of the gospel. It's implanted in them. It's already done. Now you're trying to do something that the Holy Spirit has already done. Everybody born in the world is born in the kingdom of God. 
So there's a whole greater exercise involved here than just going and saying, I'm, I'm, you know, I fulfilled it now. I went to this nation and I preached about Jesus. So I've, that nation's down. Now, how many nations do we have left? That is not the message. It's this conversion. It's this enduring to the end to be saved. It's this getting people to, to trans-assimilate the, the life of what a Christian really is, the life of Jesus Christ. <coughs> 15. When you shall therefore see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whosoever reads, let him understand. If you read this, you, should need, you need to understand it. <coughs> Excuse me. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Who's this message to? Someone says, well, I, I live in Stockton, California. Well, it doesn't mention you here. Unless Judea is representing all the little towns in the world and all the nations in the world. This is a message, ladies and gentlemen, that's about the temple. About the temple. He's talking to his disciples about this great temple built by Herod, which is a sacred, been made a sacred place by the Jews. That not one stone is going to be left upon another. And that there is coming some conditions upon the world. And he said, when you see the desolation, okay, now here's what the message is. The Romans, their army came and they they destroyed in 70 AD they destroyed the temple they 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 burned it they busted it down they threw down the stones destroyed it now while that was going on the bible says once you see that happening once you see them the army is totally involved and enfolded and given all their attention to the destruction of the temple says, as soon as you see that, because that will be abomination of desolation, what they will do there. They will, they, they will, they will do abominable things in, in that destruction. This is, if, if you're in Judea, get out of there. Flee to the mountains. If you're on the housetop, verse 17, don't get down, take your stuff. You won't have time. Once they are finished with burning down that, that, that temple, then they're going to come looking for people. Don't worry about, about going back in and, and taking things with you. So just flee for your life. Neither, verse 18, let him which is in the field return to take back to get their clothes. This is your life. It's your death. You go back to get your clothes, you may end up dead. Just get out of there. Flee. As soon as you see that, that's the time. They'll be preoccupied. Those soldiers will be preoccupied and say, it'll be tough if you've got a child. Verse 19, if you're given... Suck in those days. That'll be tough. <clears throat> Says, you know, the best thing you can do is before this happens, before this invasion takes place and before the temple is destroyed, is pray that when this happens and your flight, because it's going to happen, it's destined to happen because of the sins of the people. It says, pray that your flight won't be in winter, neither on the Sabbath day, Now, here's where people begin to get mixed up in this next scripture because of the translation. For then shall there be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world, nor shall there ever be. 
And that that's where they begin to get mixed up right then. Because this is talking about Jerusalem and the things that are going to happen in Jerusalem and Judea. But you see, if you look at this, for then shall be great tribulation. That is not a correct translation. The correct translation is, for then <clears throat> shall there be great affliction. Now let's turn over to the book of Mark, the next chapter over, and look at uh, Mark um, 13.9. Mark 13.9, speaking of the same event, says, you know, verse 17, those are that are with child and, and pray that your flight be not in winter. It's the same, same text. But in verse 19 it says, For in those days shall be uh, affliction, such as is not from the beginning of the creation, from uh, which God created unto this time, neither shall be. So the word isn't tribulation. And you can look it up in your concordance. It's affliction. And because people tie that verse into the tribulation, their whole timing and everything becomes wrong. Becomes wrong. Wow. Except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. This invasion by the Romans was different than the invasion by the Babylonians. <coughs> the Babylonians allowed a lot of the people to stay in the city. The uh, Babylonians took a lot of people captive alive and used them, you know, in, in the capital, like Daniel, Meshach, and Abednego. But the Romans, you know, they just killed the big, biggest part of the people. They killed them. And if there hadn't been uh, decrees and things happened that gave urgency for the army to get the thing wrapped up and get back to Rome, that time hadn't been shortened. There would just been none of those people that had even flown, had, 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 that fled, rather, to the uh, hiding places that wouldn't have just been tracked down and found and killed. There were people that did escape. There were people that did get away. But if they would have had more time, they wouldn't have gotten away. The time had not been shortened. Are you listening to me? I, I've got more to say on this. This is so absolutely important. This is so incredible that you get this truth, that you understand that this is about, this scripture is about what happened in Jerusalem. They took 30,000 prisoners is what they did. They took 30,000 prisoners. You know, they tried to to destroy Masada. But those people, when they heard all what they were doing to the, to, to the people, they just elected to commit suicide rather than allow uh, them, themselves to be captured. Listen to me now. Listen to me. Then if any man shall say to you, Lo, here is Christ, or lo, there he is Christ, believe it not. Any man. <laughs> He's talking to the people in that day, and they say, you know, because what actually happened there? Well, there were people, uh, there were leaders within the rebel forces of, of, of Judea and, and Israel that um, 
you know, had some victories against the, the Romans. And, and they were considered to be like Messiahs. <clears throat> they were considered to be like the Christ. They were the Christ that people were looking for. A lot of them couldn't accept Jesus Christ because he was a man of peace. And they were looking for a, a man of war to deliver them from the oppression of the uh, armies of Rome. And so when some of these uh, valiant uh, soldier leader type people came along, they're the ones that ended up uh, turning, uh, rebelling against the, the, the uh, uh, you know, peace agreements that they had uh, from other wars and finally calls, causing Rome to come and just destroy them, destroy their religious uh, place of worship and just destroy them and carry them away as slaves. And Jesus said, you see, this is what these messiahs that have done, they're trying to claim like that they're the ones that are coming to lead to peace. But you see, it didn't work out. They didn't have the power to deliver you from the Roman army. They're false messiahs. They wanted to solve this whole thing by, by war. They wanted to get involved in politics. They wanted to get involved in the rumors of war and, and nation against nation and earthquakes and divers places, men's hearts failing them for fear. They wanted to get into all of that and all the conspiracies. But they were wrong. And they caused the whole nation to be destroyed and the temple to be burned down and, and not one stone left upon another. <clears throat> Wow. Wow. And there shall arise false prophets, verse 24. False Christ, false prophets, <clears throat> shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch as if they were possible, they would deceive the very elect. And there's people out there today that are given all kinds of fancy signs, mostly with the mouth. And there are people doing other things that are convincing people that there's something special. Verse 25, Behold, I told you before, wherefore if they shall say to you, Behold, he is in the desert, don't go there. If they shall say to you, he's in the secret chambers, <laughs> don't believe it. I know there's some of you people out there that you're so convinced at the end of the world that you're out there digging holes in the caves of the rocks and in silos and all getting ready for the end of the world. Some of you are thinking it's going to happen for sure in 2012, and it's not. Because you're actually believing that Christ is out there in the desert with that, that community plan or out there in some wilderness with that community plan. I'm not preaching against those community plans. But I'm telling you, don't make that your God and don't make that your Christ. And don't get caught up into saving your life because the Bible says, he that seeks to save his life will lose it. I'm telling you, don't put those kind of ideas and plans before the plan of salvation, before the plan of just living the holy life and being able to survive right in the midst of your enemies, as David did. He said, that's not the way that the Lord's going to come. They said, come on out here to the wilderness. 
Come on out here. We've got a secret chamber thing. Only people can belong to this are certain people. Gee, that's so different from John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whosoever believed on him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved the world, the whole world. Come out here. We've got this group. There's only going to be 20 of us going to be saved. The rest are going to burn in hell. I don't like that kind of teaching. I don't like people that are so into emphasis about it. And they're wanting to save their own shirt tail. I know there's other people out there willing to, willing to risk their life to save other people. And I think those are the true Christians. The coming of the Lord isn't going to be anything like that. It's not going to be anything like that. The coming of the Lord is going to be like it says in Revelations. It says the angels will preach the everlasting gospel in the sky. That's how the coming of the Lord is going to be. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says that in the book of Revelations. The angels of the Lord are going to preach the everlasting gospel in the sky. Verse 27. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth into the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And that's the angels preaching the everlasting gospel in the sky, like a flash of lightning in the ziths and the zams. Or not the zams, but the ziths and the zoots. Now get a hold of this one here. Verse 28. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Wheresoever the dead bodies are, there will the eagles. Someone says, well, those are vultures. No, you, that's not what it's talking about. Eagles is correct. Eagle was the symbol of the Roman army. And in Jerusalem there, where all the dead bodies were, were, being, were being assorted and the people were killed and all the, all the carcasses were laid out, that's where the eagles were. They are the ones that are going to do this. This was a prophecy by Jesus Christ that the Roman army, those that were the eagles, would be the ones that were going to destroy the temple, not leave one stone left upon another. That were going to create the abomination that make it desolate, so that there could be no more offerings unto the Lord. And we're going to desecrate the holy place with the things they did. And I don't need to go into all of that. You probably heard it preached to you a hundred times by different people. They don't have all the facts, great, a lot of them. But it, the idea is there was a desecration. Wow. Wow. These things are so important. So absolutely important. Verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days. Now we're, we're into a new verse. There's a, there, there's, there's a line of demarcation, in a sense, between all this other that's said. Now that word immediately. <laughs> you know, that's... That's only three words from the end of the suggestion given in Strong's concordance of other words that could be properly translated. And if you really followed it out into the root, uh, you would come up with, you know, uh, you know, as soon as, which ties in to a, a root verse, which means by and by. So if we read it by and by after the tribulation of those days or after the affliction of those days, shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars 
shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Now you've got to be careful when you're reading verses like this. Are the stars of heaven going to fall? Like in Revelations it says the stars of heaven will fall down to the earth. If you are into believing that, that a star, which is, you know, the, our sun is a star, and it's a small one. And you could fit our earth into the sun <laughs> a million times plus. And you think the sun is going to be able to fall down upon the earth? It's a star. <laughs> if you are into that depth of depravity, that depth of error, that depth of ignorance, you need to fasten your knees in front of the altar of God and pray until sweat pours out of you and, and, and it's like tears streaming out of your body pleading for God to open the revelation to you and set you free from the darkness of that. So since we're not looking at a literal translation here, since it's not really talking about stars except it's talking about there are persons that were great people that is a result of all this calamity, result of all this destruction in Israel. They would have been destined for regeneration or for ingeneration. But because their landing place was destroyed, it, it, it changed the landmark. The Romans came in and removed the landmark. And the Bible predicted that in the Old Testament. The landmarks would be removed. The birthplaces would be removed. The mothers that would have given birth to those children been killed. Those stars could not be regenerated into the plan. All because there were people that were into conspiracies about Rome and about Judah and Israel. All because there were people that got involved in politics and decide it wasn't good enough to just be, go ahead and pay some taxes. And, and like Jesus made the example, render unto Caesar what's due to Caesar. Oh, they didn't want to do that. They want to kill Caesar. They want to have war. They didn't do what Jesus said. A man goes out to build a house. Before you start building it, count and see if you've got a f sufficient cost, if you've got sufficient materials, sufficient labor force. Otherwise, you'll only get the foundation done and it'll mock you. That's what happened. They didn't have a sufficient army. They didn't have sufficient weapons. They didn't have sufficient backup of supplies. They didn't have sufficient secret insight and information about what the Romans would do or what they would not do. Listen to me, people. Look what they did. The light of God was made dark. The moon, the church, was made dark. All because of these things that people did. And it went on and on. It carried on into the by and by. It wasn't just for a, a short little time. It carried on into the by and by. Someone says, yeah, but verse 30, and then <clears throat> shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. <clears throat> People don't understand that, that word conjunction, and. 
That word conjunction is a special word, and you need to get in the manifest teachings in on the blogs. The Senadaki, as I like to pronounce it. That has the, the information that is not availed in there, that is not available in there. And then, or if we said eventually, or at some point, or in the by and by, shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. That sign is going to happen first before the coming of the Lord. And then you're going to have another period, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn when they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great authority. And here's the angel imperative, verse 31. He shall send his angels with the great sound of the trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect. I don't understand how that there are societies and churches and denominations and people out there that are teaching to negate the thing of angels. That that's a thing that happened in the past that doesn't happen anymore. When the Bible is full of angels from the beginning of its verses all the way to the end of its verses in Revelation. From Genesis to Revelation. The Bible, you took out every book that, that had angels mentioned in it. <clears throat> And in many of the words that you do not even know represent angels. Like there are times where it says judges that actually is, is an angel word. And stars that's an angel word. You would have hardly any Bible left if you took angels out of the Bible. There is an angel imperative for understanding. For understanding the, the essentiality and the importance of the fitting of angels and that without that understanding there cannot be a resolution there cannot be a fulfillment or a restitution of which the Bible says Jesus is held in the heavens until the restitution of all times one of the greatest most important revelations that is part of that restitution is the restoration of the truth about who we are, who, who is man that thou art mindful of him? Job 38 says, you know, we were with the sons of God. We shouted at the beginning of the creations. We were the Elohim. And on into the scripture, it says, you know this because you, you were one of them. You may have to go to a different translation. There's several in there that, that tell it that way. The angels are going to play a major part. They're the ones that are going to have the, re the revelation of the sound of the trumpet and all of the incredible revelation that that means. They're the ones that are going to gather the elect from the four winds, from every part of the earth. There's no other part in the whole world of this earth that they are not going to be involved in. Leave them out of the picture. You are not understanding the angel imperative. You are missing the whole story of the powerful revelation of angels and how that they are still active today and they are still revealing themselves to people. And there is revelation and, and, and there is Shekinah glory 
And there are signs and there are wonders. And they're still happening today. People are still being raised from the dead. I remember one time when I went into this hospital. And I had prayed a lot before I went. And there was a, a man in there by the name of Michael Pavlovi. And he was dying. He had triple pneumonia and he was into the death gargle. And I could hear it when I walked into the room. He was, he, he was a living dead. He was more dead than he was alive. And that's Bible. The Bible talks about being half dead. Well, this man was, you know, he was nine-tenths dead. And the, the nurses told me that. They said he, they moved him into this room where people die. And he was in the death gargle. And God led me to go in there and to pray for that man. And God raised up that man. And one day when I was up in the church preaching, that man came in and he walked through the door and he came straight up through the crowd and knelt down at the, at the altar in front of the pulpit where I was preaching and began to praise God for being brought back to life, Michael Pavlovi. God is doing signs and wonders. He's, he's healing people. And he would do more if the people would not allow this iniquity to abound as they do in their own minds. You know what? I want to finish this revelation, this revelation in Matthew, but I won't do it tonight. We'll continue this next week's teaching, and we will do it right out of the book of, of Matthew, and we we're going to we're going to reveal to you some startling realities that was taught by Jesus and connected to some of the other gospels and some of the other books. The angel imperative is moving by the Spirit. I once wrote a song, God is moving, moving over the land, moving through the trees, moving over the mountains. God is moving in me. If you are out there tonight, listening to this, but you're fighting sickness in your body. I feel such a spirit in me tonight that instead of doing Gentile, I, I am just so full of a spiritual electricity. I believe that I can speak and my words can beam this energy out over this broadcast circuit and can enter into your mind through your the hearing and can begin to do wondrous healing in your body. God isn't, isn't just locked in on one method of healing. Gentile is a method, but it's just one. So whatever your need tonight, if you're fighting depression, if you've got pain in your body, oh, this, this electricity is just over me. It's, it's just a well, a spring of energy. Father, my Lord and my God, my Savior, my Jesus, at this very moment as I am speaking, let the waves and the energy and the power of your Holy Spirit begin to go out over this, this message. Begin to reach into the bodies of these people. You love them. You love them so much. Begin to heal them. 
from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. Deliver them, O God. Touch them with your love. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God bless you. We love you. We hope you've enjoyed this message. If this came over and you could really hear it well, please send me an email. Small case, Lee, L-E-E dot Jerry, J-E-R-R-Y dot O at gmail dot com. God bless you. We love you. Jan's going to be playing the organ for a little while. She has such a spirit in her. She loves her Lord. So just please listen to this music as the healing is moving over your body. God bless you. I love you.
God bless you, and until the next time, amen.